You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Daniel Howitt's interview with the writer and director for Breaking, Abby Damaris Corbin. Leave right now. The guy in the gray hoodie is robbing the bank. Who's in charge here? Well, she is, but we're both. I'm, I'm the manager. Estelle Valerie. Still, uh, once they leave, you lock the front and back doors, you understand me? You lock them all. Got the FBI, the GBI, everybody here. Can you, can you do <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? This is Sergeant Bernard. Is everyone all right in there? As long as everybody stays calm, nobody gets hurt. I have a bomb, and I'm gonna kill myself and everybody in here. My demands are not there. Hey there, this is the Windy Hills Wells Fargo. Uh, yes, ma'am, this is the Wells Fargo. Uh, yeah, I need to talk to Bridget about my 401k. I think she made a $9,000 mistake. I'm sorry to hear that, ma'am. Can I take a message for you? Fraud was committed. The VA stole my disability check from me. I've had some problems with veteran affairs myself. How about you release one of those ladies? No. I need everybody to see what's happening here. I need the fire trucks. I need the news cameras. You have my undivided attention. Standing up. I don't want the bank's money. Calling all the people here to see the show. I'm gonna work this out, brother to brother. I do not have as much time as you think I do. It's not the her in place. Coming through, coming through. Get the blonde. Get the lights. What do I need to do to get the attention that I need right now? Everything you say, everything you do, matters. You matter. All you got to do now is just make good, Brian. Just make good. You ever been robbed before? Once. How did it end? Hello, Abby, how you doing? I'm so well, Daniel. Nice to meet you. You as well. Uh, well, Abby, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me about your film, Breaking. Such a good response for your film already out of Sundance. This is your debut feature film. So uh, what drew you to this story to, to make it your debut? You know, it was Brian. I read his story and my heart was broken by it. My dad's a vet, a, a Vietnam, um, Vietnam Navy guy. and he contracted Agent Orange during his time in service. And I, I see your head nodding and you, you you know there's so many stories of other vets. And I my dad's wasn't the only one, but it was the most intimate experience that I had because I know those phone calls I was on them. I waited in those lines with my dad. In Brian's story, I recognize that righteous rage that so many vets feel and I identified with a man who just longed to be heard. How did you come to partner on the script with Kwame? Well, first off, I respected his work. Wow, Kwame Kwai Arma, the young Vic, legendary playwright. And I wanted to learn from him. Just like, let me sit over your shoulder while you write. And we like to joke with each other that we wooed each other because we had a, a Thai meal. He, he's, uh, he had vegan and I had some sort of something else. But I, I can still taste the 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 deliciousness that we were anticipating over that meal because we just talked art and heart the whole time. And he showed up in this really fly suit, but you could see the energy just emanating from him to tell the story in the most truthful way possible. And we shared a vision for it. 
we've become such good friends bonding over a lot more food and <laughs> uh, virtual midnight, 3 a.m. hours because he's in London and I'm here. Uh, I, I was curious, you, you kind of referenced it. Obviously, there's so much passion for the truth of this story. H- how do you balance when you're approaching the, the script and the filming of it? How do you balance the the truth and like the details of a true story as, as heartbreaking as this while still also telling a compelling story? How do you hold both of those things as you're making the film? Carefully. <laughs> our, our very first draft was about 200 pages because we stuck so closely to the transcripts from phone calls we thought maybe like a play installation that you'd be so immersed in the humanity of this man that you would start to see people and their humanity who you knew and the stories that you knew you'd recollect and say where could I have helped but 200 page plus script is not where we landed in fact we got down to about 90 And what we did is just focus on the hottest point of the fire. And we did that at every stage of production. And every time I called action and cut, that's what I'm searching for. What is the hottest point of the fire? And that's a, that's a uncomfortable place to be at the hottest point, but that's what you feel. That's what makes the uncomfortable scenes uncomfortable and progresses the tension. So we we chopped everything else that wasn't that. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Burn the Boats from Evergreen Podcasts. I interview political leaders and influencers, folks like award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and conservative columnist Bill Kristol about the choices they confront when failure is not an option. I won't agree with everyone I talk to, but I respect anyone who believes in something enough to risk everything for it, because history belongs to those willing to burn the boats. Episodes are out every other week wherever you get your podcasts. Well, so much of this movie rests on John Boyega's uh, incredible performance, um, but also the rest of the ensemble is, is amazing, outstanding as well. Tell me about assembling this amazing cast. Well, I wanted to work with Nikki Bahari because she's an incredible actress. Selena I'd seen Orange is the New Black. Michael K. Williams, I've seen everything else. And y- you look at your characters and see what qualities are needed in an actor for those roles. For Brian, it's everything. You have to have someone who has an immense amount of craft, who has stamina, who has art and heart, and who who can be there for his his teammates. And John was all of those things. And we saw eye to eye on Mike bringing him on. I think we both more than saw eye to eye. We're like, yes, let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. Get Mike and then Nikki. She she brings an unpredictability that really had to have was necessary for Estelle for her character and then Salinas. She taps into a place of of depth of trauma that we all understand on some level, and you can't. That has to be honest. It, it can't be forced. It can't be fake. Um, and man, did she go there. And then Olivia, she brought warmth to, to him. We wanted to show Brian through a lens of love. And that's what Olivia brought to the picture. But she also brought truth to setting boundaries within that relationship. And she and John just played off of each other so well. 
John's performance as well as everybody's is just phenomenal. Was there a was there a fundamental piece of direction you gave to him as he was preparing for the film or or in the filmmaking of it? John and I went through the script line by line, comma by comma, scene by scene, and really tried to understand the fundamentals of this man. We talked with Brian's wife. I can't pinpoint one specific thing, but it's building upon layers. It's it's knowing, okay, let's build this piece. And then after that piece is there, let's build another piece and then another piece and then another piece. So we would get, there's one spot in the film where John goes from a really explosive conversation with Connie on the phone. He almost scares himself in the process of scaring the women. And then he goes into the box in, before he has a call with Mike. And the transition between the two of those calibrating the tone was quite tricky. So we go back to what we've already established as creatives. We know we want to get to the truth of, of this, but then building and building. And John came to this place with me when we were hunting for that. There's tears streaming down Brian's face, but he's smiling. And I've, that comes from depression. You see so many people when they're depressed that their hearts are broken, but they're trying to push through. And wow, you can't do that if you're just turning up off the street. That has to be done in layers, that kind of honesty, that kind of work. And man, it makes for masterful performances. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. Uh, well, the performances aren't the only uh, the only challenge in a story like this. Obviously, shooting a film that's that's largely in in one restricted location is a challenge in and of itself. How did you and, and your DP Doug Emmett approach the challenge of you know how to make sure the visuals you know were able to stay fresh throughout the whole film? We watched a lot of films. We held ourselves to a high standard. <laughs> we we would not allow ourselves to repeat. So I'm not rolling camera straight up if, if we can't find it. But that also means you prepare, prepare, a, prepare ahead of time. So you don't put yourself in that situation. <laughs> so we, I, I blocked out the whole film before we ever turned up on set. So the actors were aware, like, this is what we're doing. And then because they're not just learning that piecemeal, they have freedom within the space because they can move between here and here because we know this is the dance that we're doing. We're progressing. So I would block out chunks of it with them at a time. And then um, we dial it in a bit and we dial the camera in more. And all of the things that we as a team had separately worked on would come together in, in that piece and allow for freedom to not repeat, to escalate. And you can't just with one department make it feel new and fresh. Otherwise it starts to get kind of gimmicky. You, It's like, oh, I'm just throwing new shots at you for the reason of having a new shot. So if it just came from Doug's team or it just came from my production designer's team or just from the actors, it, it would start to feel that way. But thankfully with everybody working in tandem, knowing that this is their time. Okay. Well, that was Doug. Now it's time for John. Now it's time for, it's very much a dance. Hey, hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. Well, I was going to ask you if you had if you had watched films or or, or shown films to your crew uh, in preparation for the film. So it sounds like you did. Can you can you tell us uh, about some of those films that you that helped prepare you for this film? Sure. It, I wish I was able to put everybody in a room together, but I had to very much do it separately because we we're at the height of Delta. So Kwame and I we watched Prisoners, Denny Villeneuve, um, Sicario, The Tension. Denny does Tension incredibly well. Uh, we watched uh, Truvale Station. We, of course, Dog Day Afternoon, you can't ignore it. We watched um, uh, Craig, oh, what's his last name? Craig's film. It was at Sundance. It takes place in one room. In the Craig Zobel? Is yes. it Compliance? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We watched that. Um, we just went through film after film. Um, that's that's the top few that come to mind, but there was quite a few. And we just say, okay, well, that works for them. How does this work for us? Or, okay, well, this quite didn't quite land in the way that we were hoping it would, so let's go here. And then we really just established a film grammar through that. Uh, my production designer, I had him watch uh, Atlanta production design, and that is amazing. They've done such beautiful work with textures and layers and life layers and um, the production design really being controlled, but also um, telling the story and being part of the character of the bank we built out from scratch from just a, a, an empty building there. And we feathered in, there's a VA cemetery in the mural back there. There's uh the one that Brian would have walked by. And it's those little life things that are true that the audience, you know, most audience members are never going to pick up on that, but it's the little cues that add heart and layer and intensity that uh, elevate the whole thing. It's amazing. Well, with this being your first feature, what do you think was your biggest learning that you'll take into future projects? I'm sure there's a million of them, but if you're able to pinpoint one or two that you'll take into future projects. It makes all the difference who you're working with and why they're there. So always, uh, I will strive to always work with the people that are there for the art and the heart and the craft of it. That's really good. Congrats again on the success of the film. So excited for it to come out and for more people to see it. Uh, do you have Do you have future projects lined up that we can look forward to? Yep, I'll look forward to talking to you more <laughs> after that. <laughs> Awesome. Nothing you, nothing you can share with us today? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. No worries at all. Well, we're excited to see it. And uh, again, congrats. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Daniel Howitt's interview with the writer and director for the new film Breaking, Abby Damaris Corbin, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Breaking is now playing in theaters from Bleecker Street. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. 
Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. I'm Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts.